going for boost over well i think going for boost if you're a boost merchant like someone like aj or someone you go for boost <laughs> One hundred percent of the time. Yes. Always, every second of every game, ball's going in your net. Don't worry about it. Go get the boost and make sure you've got the full one hundred to celebrate with the other team. Welcome to the Boost Over Ball podcast, where three aggressively average Rocket League players talk about everything RLCS with your hosts, Ace, Code Red Jack, Kyle Cube, and AJ Binky. So if you've ever wondered when the best time to go for Boost Over Ball is, you've come to the right place. Oh, you already know it's it's recorded. Oh, oh that's perfect. I learned yes. my I've learned my lesson already. <laughs> We've talked about this. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I don't know. I I got to that point where I liked running and then I just didn't stop for a few years. And then yeah, it got real expensive because I burned through a pair of shoes in a month and that was that sucked. Shoes are expensive. How do you Wait, I put 440 miles on a pair of shoes that I bought at the beginning of the month. Uh, by the end of the month, Jesus Christ! I was, yeah, I was running, I was running 13 miles a day, and then I topped it off with a 52 mile run. I mean, a day. Yeah. Like there was no break. There was no like you know, run five days to take two days off. I was literally every single day, no breaks. To see how long I could keep it up, and then after about day 30. One, I think I was like, you know what? I think I can Were do this indefinitely. Or something? How did you have that much time? I just went to bed early and woke up at five. There were some days where I split the run, so I would do like six in the morning and eight at night. But I was a half marathon every day. That That's fucked. Sense. I was skinny. <laughs> I was That's not the belly drum guy that you saw <laughs> at Boston. <laughs> not the whole that guy that was before us. Yeah, that fucking guy cannot run to go get his donut before it's cold, all right? Yeah, I feel that. that guy's old and fat. I feel that on an emotional level. <laughs> With belly drums out of the way for today, hello everyone and welcome back to the Boost Overball podcast. To listeners new and old, thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first episode, I'm very sorry. If this isn't your first episode, welcome back. Um, I'm here today with AJ and Code Red Jack. How are you guys doing today? Uh, doing great. Doing My belly wonderful. drum is nice and tuned. We love you know to, what? We love I love it. it when we talk right over each other. It's wonderful. We're good at this. Professionals even. Experts, they say. What I still don't say at all. Fair. But on today's episode, we will be recapping... Uh, the spring major from Boston, giving you our thoughts on the matches, our thoughts on the event, everything that happened to us, as well as uh, running through the format for Worlds, giving a couple thank yous and uh, giving a couple updates on social media stuff and uh, some exciting things that we have in the works. So without further ado, we'll jump into our recap of the matches that happened. All right. Well, starting off with our round one, since you guys like listening to me suffer through this. Um, 
We had Team Vitality and Elevate with Vitality taking them three to one. Complexity Liquid, that went to game five. It was a very good series to watch with Complexity winning in game five. Uh, BDS, Gen G. BDS just trounced Gen G, taking them three games to one. Crew versus Rule One. Rule One wins three games to one. Power and Space Station Gaming. Space Station takes it three games to one. Carmine Corp and Ground Zero. This was one that we talked about before. It made no sense that it was even this close, but uh, Carmine Corp had to do a reverse sweep to win that one in game five. Uh, Furia and Moist. Moist uh, g- takes Furia three games to one. And then Optic and Ninjas in Pajamas. Optic goes three games to one. Hell yeah. All right, let's talk about this round first. Upper bracket round one. What surprises do we have here? Because I feel like there was a lot. Well, um, I mean, nobody thought Carmine Corp was going to almost lose to ground zero. Right. So this one, like, game two overtime, two and a half minutes, and ground zero manages to get it. But apart from that, like, the next three games were dominant. Like, Carmine Corp just absolutely destroyed them. So like Oh, they woke up. Yeah. Yeah. They they woke up like as soon as overtime in game two started, as far as I'm concerned. I mean Ground Zero only managed one goal All right, well, in uh, games three, four, and five. Like one total, and it was in game five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it was it was stomping. Were they playing right. KBM for the first two or something? Just I mean, to show off? Yeah, either that or like without monitors. Oh no, we can see their monitors. They had monitors. Well, maybe they we just weren't turned on. That on. That's a good point. Yeah, we weren't in there that day. Could have been anything going on. This is true. Um, true. for me, there's no sweeps in upper bracket round one. That's a little bit surprising to me. Like ninjas in pajamas, yeah. Furia, our Gen G, Elevate, even all taking at least one game off of their uh, their opponent, especially Elevate, right? Taking a game off Vitality. Taking another game to overtime. I mean, that's a that's a far cry from where they were at um, at the last major that they were at in in the winter with you know not even taking a single game. But you know they had a, a four minute thirty second overtime that they they won in game two and you know lost in, an overtime in game three. So I mean, good showing from them, but really shows the field is a little bit more evenly matched than maybe originally thought with, you know, crew taking one, power taking one, and Moy- and Furia taking one, like I said. Yeah. And so not to rub this in even further, I'm going to talk more about the Rule 1 crew game, the Rule 1 crew matchup. Uh, uh, I don't know why you would bring that the... up. <laughs> well, it's going to be irrelevant to previous conversations we've had about it, fortunately for you. Uh, three of the four games played went into overtime. So this one, I feel like, could have gone either way extremely easily. But Rule 1 happened to, you know, get the 3-1 victory over Crew. So that was kind well, of surprising to me. What, what, I mean, this is going to be a surprise to anybody who listens to our podcast. We've, we've gone through all of this before in our daily coverage of the event. But that became, like the brand of rule one throughout this entire event is overtimes in like basically every, every match they went to overtime to an extent that they were part of the new record as opposed to, Oh, they're part of the new world record 
against Vitality. But I didn't realize that the day before they went to seven minute overtime against uh oh who was it? Was it Moist? Rule one was just overtime city. Those boys just like playing this game. Yeah, I mean they had four straight games four straight games that went to overtime. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh no, they had they had twelve overtimes this tournament. Yeah. That's insane. Out of how many matches? Oh I don't want math that. Five, six? Nine, thirteen, nineteen, twenty-three. Over half of their matches were overtime games. That is crazy. Good work, roll one. I think that just shows that they got ice in their veins. No kidding. It was something. No, I'm sorry. Twenty-six games. I missed a couple. So just under half oh, of not their even, matches. Not even half. Pathetic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never mind. I take back everything yes. I said. Not even worth Shouldn't mentioning. Be a record, I apologize to the listeners for wasting your time. Make sure you delete that in post, KQ. Yeah, of course. Oh no! Let everybody hear how much time I waste. I want people to be real mad. <laughs> oh jeez! But moving into lower bracket round one, uh, we have Liquid sweeping Elevate. We have Genji beating Crew three one. We have Power taking down Ground Zero three to one. And we have Ninjas in Pajamas upsetting Furia, which I think may be the upset of the tournament um, in in lower bracket round one. But one game that I would like to point to, uh, implications with Worlds and everything going on, is that Power Ground Zero series. What would you guys think about that? Kind of wild. I mean, everybody was kind of expecting Ground Zero to win, right? Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. And, Especially like, after they're showing against Carmine Corp. Yeah. True. But and like it doesn't seem like the games were even that close, really. Yeah, I I think you're right. But in my opinion, the biggest disappointment for Ground Zero, that series loss knocks them out of making the world championships. Yeah, that's rough. And power takes their place. That'd so be a rough way to go. That was a hundred percent a play-in series for the world championships, and Ground Zero fumbled the bag. After performing, you know, very well for the you know the past two splits, they did not show up against Power, and it showed. And Power edges out Ground Zero by four points, the same four points that Ground Zero would have gotten had they advanced, and they lose their wild card, their world wild card spot because of it. I think Ground Zero should have just beat Carmine. That yeah. made it easier for everybody. It certainly would have. Except for Carmine, maybe, but they're already in, so who cares? That would have been... I cannot even imagine what would have happened for the rest of the tournament if that happened. I mean, there's a couple of points of this tournament that I'm just like, if one thing had changed, it would have been so much different. I mean, this was this is honestly the tournament of, like, firsts. In that, you know, you had the first time NA didn't make the top four. You had the first time that uh, Mina secured a third slot yeah. for Worlds. Um, the first time you almost saw AJ cry in public when V1 got edged out by Mina. It was fantastic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But speaking of things that almost were, in upper bracket quarterfinals, we have 
Um, I'll start from you know the other side this time because the one I want to talk about I'll do last. Um, we have Moist Esports beating Optic Gaming three to one. We have Carmine Corp beating Space Station three to one. We have Team BDS sweeping Rule One, and we have Team Vitality taking down Complexity three to two at Champions Field overtime. So one of the things that the the casters and the commentators really wanted to talk about was how different this tournament could have been if Complexity win that game in overtime. Well, wasn't it a completely just shanked open net shot too? Yeah, AJG had the opportunity to score, um, I believe in game four, to end the series in four, and they he missed, and Vitality were able to capitalize three seconds into overtime. But, you know... Someone checked that kid's bank account. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, like, think about how differently this goes if BDS, you know has to play complexity next instead of, you know, vitality. I mean, they still they still win, but, you know, in the in the lower bracket it's vitality and ninjas in pajamas and then vitality and rule 1. Right? So maybe I mean, maybe V1 gets their world spot if if complexity if AJG scores that open net. Oh, I think I think for sure. Uh V1 stays in worlds. I think vitality still makes the run all the way through lowers to win it. But it definitely does shake up a lot of different other things. The world record, uh, the world record overtime probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I was rooting for complexity that match. I thought, I thought Vitality had a much better chance of beating Rule One than than complexity. So, yeah, but I mean that—that's in my opinion, that's the ultimate, like, what if of the of this tournament, right? I mean, there's a lot of close series, especially you know. In the in the lower bracket, we we got some really good series that we'll we'll talk about here in a second. But I think that that like if you had to look at one moment where you know the entire course of the tournament changed, it's a, an AJG uh, open net miss. That's so rough. Yeah, cause people are going to be talking about this, right? Because like that's complexity's opportunity to you know make upper bracket semis and at least at least make uh, make lower bracket quarterfinals, right? Give themselves a, a better opportunity at you know top four, but Top six for sure. Yeah. And instead, they, you know, they go out in lower bracket round three to rule one. But, and it's unfortunate for AJG. He's a fantastic player, but this is what's going to be talked about for a while until, you know, he does something to, to change the, the fate of complexity. I'm so glad I'm not a pro. Yeah. Yeah. But also to That's everyone who, tell myself. to Every everyone that, it, I lose a diamond. yeah. <laughs> to everyone else who isn't a pro, though, everybody misses open nets, even the pros. Yep, yep. You just be fortunate that you don't do it on a world stage. Or I guess, yeah, this is technically a world stage, right? Is there a national? Yeah, international yeah. major, two hundred thousand people watching. Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, AJ, you want to you want to hit him with the lower bracket round two results? Yeah, lower bracket round two. We got Optic losing to Team Liquid three to two. Gen G taking down Space Station three to two, Rule One taking down Power three to two, and Complexity beating Ninjas in Pajamas three to one. A lot of game so fives many there. Champion fields, yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, if they were trying to speed run the up the upper bracket, uh, they were definitely not trying to do that in the lowers. Well, this oh, was also the first day of actually spectating, and it went on. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. It, I was almost done with Rocket League by the end of that day. 
And then we went to that cafe and played more. So I don't know. Maybe that wasn't. <laughs> the rule one power. What what happened here? Like rule one should theoretically easily win this, right? I mean, that's kind of what I thought, but then, like, if looking back at some of the scores, I mean, game one and game two are one nothing wins for power. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know, I feel like it's a similar aspect as, like, the the Ground Zero Carmine Corp kind of situation, where, like, they just kind of mm-hmm. had to feel the other team out. Right? Like, they, they, I don't think that Carmine Corp has ever played Ground Zero. I don't think Rule One has ever played power. Right. So, like, there's a level of unknown there, too. I mean, maybe they've that scrimmed them beforehand, but, like, you, you, you get what right. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, they woke up game three. Yeah, in a big way, they did. Dropping a a six-two. Yeah, yeah. That was a statement. Statement win. Yeah, it really makes a a point to just how much play style factors in at this level of play. Like being the best in the region, you know, you're still expected to be really good, but play style. If you're not used to it, if you don't know what to expect. It's brutal. I think I think I would say playstyle is probably the main thing. The different playstyles between the regions is the main reason why we even see these other teams have these chances that they've been having. But also to be able to adapt like they do mid series. That's it. That's all I had to say. Ah, gotcha. Unless you're talking, you're cut off. <laughs> nope. We're all good. Professionals. Yeah. But. That being said, lower bracket round three, we have Genji taking down Team Liquid in uh, game five, three two, and we have Rule One taking out Complexity three games to one. Um, I mean, really, the, the biggest surprise for me was Genji taking down Liquid. Um, most people probably know that I've been a pretty big Liquid fan. I like the way that they play. I like the the play style that they implement. But um, you know, I got to give it to Genji. The offense showed up in a big way. Uh, they played very well and they secured themselves uh, a top six finish yeah pretty impressive so continuing on to upper bracket semifinals we got bds taking down vitality four to one and carmine taking down moist four to one might i also mention that this is the first time vitality has ever been dropped to lower brackets this split since they've picked up zen absolutely ridiculous the only other series that they've lost was a bracket reset in the grand finals coming from the upper bracket. So, you know, and they still won that event, might I add. So, Vitality drops to lowers, and Carmine Corp looked pretty dominant against Moist. Yep, and then we look at a lower bracket there. Unless we already just talked about this. Nope, no, you. you're talking about Carmine Corp Moist. All right, beautiful. I know what's going on. Team Vitality sweeps Gen G. Um, that was hard to watch being a fan of Gen G. They just weren't there. They and in sweeping them, they finalized the no NA in the top four historic moment for everybody to see. Um and then Rule One beats Moist, which again, nobody saw that. It was four games to two. Rule one was just looking so good. I mean, then I think in that beating I think with them beating Moist, that was the game where they also secured the spot for Mina, right? Yeah. So with that win, with that win, Rule One eliminates Version One from Worlds contention, and also grabs a third spot for Mina, which was taken by Twisted Minds. 
I just want to point out, actually, now I'm looking at this, the next, th the three matches, these were the back-to-back -back matches we watched, right? So it was Team Vitality versus Gen G, sweep. That made history. No more NA in top four. Then you have Rule 1 and Moist, Rule 1 wins, makes history. Now we have a third Mina team. The very next match that played was Vitality and Rule 1, where we made history again with the longest overtime ever. It was... Yeah, most... Most, I think by the time I was done with that, I was ready to I was ready to nap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, longest overtime in history, most shots in a game in history, most overtimes in a, most overtime matches in a tournament, um, all going down in, I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but what I, what I consider to be the closest sweep I've ever seen. Oh, one hundred percent. I was going to make a joke about how Rule 1 got swept and how it wasn't even close and whatnot, but you kind of already beat me to it. So I mean, it, yeah. all one-goal games except for, yeah, uh, yeah, minute 15 in game ridiculous. 1, 50 seconds in game 2, 12 minutes and 2 seconds in game 3, and then a 3-1 to one loss in game 4 after a timeout. But, I mean, I, I like, those... It, those three overtime games could go either way, right? So, it, like, you could very easily be talking about, you know, going into game five being 3-1, rule one. So it, it's just yeah. the margins are so tight, and Vitality did everything that they needed to do to win, you know, putting up, I think, 32 shots in in game three and uh, rule one with 29 saves. So really good shooting percentage from, you know, Vitality, 12 saves from Rawas, what an incredible series. Yeah, definitely the closest sweep I can remember. Yep. You know, and I mentioned it when we talked about it the day of. It wasn't like Vitality was putting on just easy to save shots. These were like shots from angles I don't think were even possible that they were saving. Rule 1 just played absolutely out of their minds for 12 minutes. And yeah, that's a 0-0 game for 17 minutes. Jesus. Yeah, that's unbelievable. But that performance, along with a an, an incredible tournament defensive performance from from Rawas, earns him the Spring Major Defensive MVP award. Um, that like I, I can't say enough good things about how well Rawas played defensively. How many saves he had? Twelve alone in that one game against in Game Three against Vitality. But you know, a great performance from Rule One. I cannot say enough good things about how how well they played defensively. They just are so stout. They don't panic. There's no double commits. They don't use excess boost. They rotate through their turns. They keep possession, and they just are able to withstand an, a tremendous amount of pressure, as as shown by Vitality. Yeah. Watching I mean, them on defense was absolutely insane. It was so much fun. I don't know any other team that you could that would that you could say have ice in their veins more than those those guys. Considering the fact that they went to overtime, basically overtime is their normal, and every single Probably time they just hold it together. In overtime than they do in regular. I mean, obviously not, but like that's how it felt. Yeah, true. But um, with that, we'll jump into our our upper and lower bracket finals. We have Team BDS t uh, taking down Carmine Corp in a Game Seven Champions Field thriller. Um, while the Game Seven wasn't close, the rest of the series was. And in the lower brackets, we have Vitality uh, go into Game 7 with Carmine Corp. That one was a Champions Field overtime thriller. So, 
you cannot ask for much more out of a series than we got, you know, in either of these. Well, you guys it's think? interesting because anybody, anybody who just looks at the, looks at the result, right? Everybody looks at the results says, oh yeah, Team Vitality won. Of course, they're going to win the best. I don't see that. When you look at this tournament, the number of times that they had to go to Champions Field, like, yeah, they won, but they could have very easily dropped any of those games because they had dropped enough games to end up in Champions Field, you know, so many times. It's it's absolutely incredible. And besides, the fact that Carmen Corp was able to take them to Game 7, Vitality's rested, right? They've had the entire Team BDS versus Carmen Corp series to sit and rest, and Carmen Corp's going straight into it after their Game 7 with BDS. And they still take Vitality a 7. Like, Carmen Corp, I have a feeling that we're going to see, you know, they're going to they're going to workshop, they're going to they're going to practice. I have a feeling that we're going to see them take probably a series off of uh Vitality and Worlds if they end up matching up. I mean, that's just going to be a grudge match. That's one that I I do not want to miss. Like that like they're both so such great teams. They're playing at the top of their game. I think the lower bracket finals may be the best series like as a whole of of any other in this tournament what you're saying a better than the grand finals like that was hype as hell so i think that the grand finals was more hype because of what happened but i think that the lower bracket final was a better series oh better rocket league versus better entertainment yes i get it i get it yes yes exactly because, like, we just got, like, such high-level Rocket League for seven full games with overtimes and, you know, timeouts. And, like, they were all close. There was, like, no blowouts in, in that Carmine Corp Vitality lower bracket final series. But, you know, once Vitality started to get rolling a little bit in that in that grand finals, um, I'll, I'll talk about the results real quick. Um, Vitality win the first win four games to two, uh, forcing a bracket reset in which Vitality then wins their second best-of-seven series, four games to one so you're not even gonna set the stage for our listeners no oh come on i like i don't think are you not entertained i don't think i don't think bds did enough to even deserve for me to set the stage in that grand finals yeah bds did and i'm talking vitality i mean i like i figured we'd talk about it more you know as we go on but you know that's a shitload of rocket league for vitality to play um on championship sunday uh, go into game seven against Carmine Corp and then having to win two series against BDS. But um, I wanted to get the results out there so we could just start talking about uh, Mr. Big Brain Whiteboard himself, Farah. Um, after that Carmine Corp series, he, you know, he, he does the post-match interview and, you know, kind of pleads with the NA fans like, hey, like you're going to have to help us out. We're going to do something for you, but you're going to have to help us out. And... Um, vitality go back into the into the players lounge or you know that what the room that they're in and they come back out for the for their grand finals entrance all holding and waving american flags and i've never seen a crowd shift so drastically from anti-vitality to pro-vitality or any team in general but the crowd was 100 percent on their side after that stunt and i think that that was what you know gave them enough energy to continue on and to give the performance that they did you would have thought that they were Oprah coming out telling everybody they got a car. That's the energy that they were getting just from waving those flags. It was phenomenal. At Worlds, how many teams show up with German flags? 
That's that's a good question. I mean, they at least pack them, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> it's I don't know. I think that it really depends on the culture. Do you, do you think that do you think the uh the that other countries are as just uh nonsensically blinded to the side of their own flag as as we are. I don't know. I feel like other crowds might be a little harder to uh, win over. Yeah, for sure. We're simple. Wave our flag and throw a hot dog at us, maybe. Yeah, you don't need to do the last part. But, I mean, also, there was no German representation in this major. While the United States was third place in terms of representation for... A number of players, with uh, Brazil being number one at nine and France being number two at eight. So um, I will certainly be interested to see if that. I I would be very interested to see if that kind of tactic would work in Germany. But you know, I'm I'm certainly watching with uh, bated breath for Farah to do what Farah does best and uh, do anything he can to help his team win. Yeah, that was quite the plan he had. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, with with the results being over and kind of us talking our way through the thoughts, um, I've kind of created a little bit of a tier list based on results from from this from this event. And so I'll kind of go through, and you guys can tell me what you whether you think I'm right or wrong. Um, kind of, I have like a top dog tier, and it's got to be Vitality. Like it's really only going to be Vitality. Um, we have top four locks. You know, teams that I think are a lock to make a top four. Um, regardless of the the event, and right now that's BDS and Carmine Corp. We have uh, my next group of the Chasers, so people chasing top fours, people chasing you know championships, and that would be Team Liquid, Moist Esports, and Rule One. And then you know after that, I have unironically the NA group, uh, the teams in NA who can you know maybe maybe make an upset, maybe try to to, to push for you know some top sixes, top eights, but. That's Gen G, Complexity, Optic, and Space Station. Um, I have my next group of showing improvement uh, teams that you know showed drastic improvements off of their last LAN exp- uh, LAN uh, events, and that's Elevate, Team Power, and Ninjas in Pajamas. Um, and last but not least, I have my disappointing results. Uh, they would have liked to do better, or this you know these results single handedly are the reason that they're not in the world championship conversation and that's crew after their great performance in winter i was kind of expecting a little bit more of them ground zero with their loss to power they uh do not make worlds and last but not least furia after a good uh finishing off of the split in na they come to you know to boston and they lose two games right they, they lose two series right off the bat and they're out and uh, last but not least honorable mention version one for not doing enough to make it on their own and having rule one make top four and knock them out of their world spots Imagine being so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it hurts. It hurts to know that like NA is in its own category of uh like Trash. hopefuls. Hopefuls. They're not even like and I, I completely agree with your list here. Like I'm not it, I think that rule one really did show in this last event that they're better than the NA teams. Um and I don't know. I think that complexity makes a very good argument for themselves that they, you know, if he had hit, if he had hit the open net, or the, uh, or if any of the other game fives had gone their way, 
it would have gone, you know, we would have seen NA in the top four. So I'm not ready to say NA is not going to be in the top four. I just, it's that I do think at least the top one or two are pretty settled. We got Vitality and Carmen Corp, right? Actually, I'll say it. Or BDS. NA will not be in the top four. I would have to agree with that one. I dislike both of those takes. I, right. I know. But it's and, only one take. So I will say as of right now. So um we can talk a little I think bit. we see I think we see complexity or Gen G. I won't say which one because I can't. That's just too much fortune telling for me. But Gen G or complexity will be in the top four. Okay. That's my hot hot take. Okay. Is it a hot take? We'll find which out, one? I guess. I feel like I feel like Gen G is. I feel like complexity like has more of a chance than Gen G, but if AJG hits open nets, they do. True. <laughs> oh man. Honestly, the hardest thing in Rocket League, though. So, like, I get it. Yeah, I, I definitely get it too. But uh, I certainly think, as of now, the constructed NA rosters will have a hard time competing with EU. Um, we're not going to talk about it today, but in future episodes, some of the crazy roster stuff that's already happening in like uh, the draw and other tournaments alike. So. We will talk about that as things start to get more into full swing. But now we will give our very, very brief world's outlook on everything that's happened so far. So we have eight teams that have qualified straight through into the main event, not having to go through wildcard. Those teams are Carmine Corp, Team Liquid, Team Vitality, BDS, Gen G, FaZe, Ninjas in Pajamas, and Rule 1. And then, moving on from there, we have uh, our teams that are going to be trying to qualify into the main event through the wild card from EU. We have moist esports, oxygen esports, and G1 from NA. We have complexity SSG and G2 from Oceana. We have pioneers and power from Sam. We have crew and team secret from Mina. We have Falcons and twisted minds from uh, APAC. We have elevate and game and gladiators. And from sub-Saharan Africa, SSA, we have limitless and valiant, Formerly of French class, they were just picked up. So congratulations on French, congratulations to French class for being picked up. And I will be very interested to see what they can do in the World Championships. All right, quick prediction: Who wins Worlds? Vitality. Yeah, I agree. Ace. I have to agree. Yeah, I mean, they. I'll, uh, I am gonna say yes at the moment. I would say they are gonna win Worlds. But the number of times they got to game five in overtime to get to the end of the major has, you know, it's not set in stone by any means. Well, if I mean, it's not them, I'm going to think it's BDS. Well, I mean, I, again, I think about it like that was Zen's first land. Yeah. In front of a hostile. They're well, only going to get better. Well, semi hostile crowd at the end. But, um, I, I would agree with you. I think they will only get better. I think that this experience will be will do wonders for their world championship hopes. I mean, it. Everyone says it's a momentum based game. Do you get better momentum than making history and getting a whatever they're going to call it, Grand Slam? Yeah, I would have to say no. I think that. <laughs> I think that they've kind of they've done the perfect split. If they win worlds, then I'd say that's better momentum. That is also true. Yeah, but you know how it goes. If you win world, suddenly you just become last in your region for half a year. <laughs> Until you pick up Rise. <laughs> yeah. It's true. 
But uh, before we jump into the world's format, I do have to give a major shout out to Zen, um, the spring major offensive MVP and the spring major overall MVP, uh, both going to Zen, uh, a crowd favorite. Um, we are fortunate enough to get some awesome pictures that we'll be, we'll be posting on Instagram and TikTok and, you know, all of the social media platforms. But, you know, a fantastic showing from Zen uh, and congratulations to him on his awards. Well-deserved. I mean, I really, I've said it since he, since he really became, he started coming on the radar and, and entering the pro scene and everyone started freaking out about his, his dynamic air roll and his creativity. He's going to change the meta in the same way that like flip resets and everything else did where they were super dominant and then people figured out how to work around them. I think that and cringe goals are the two metas that are the two things in the meta right now they are going to need to be accounted for. Wait, I'm not good enough to know exactly. The cringe goal? Oh, oh, no, where no. you do it? Air dribble bump. Yeah, air, air dribble bump. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, okay. What was the other one? Um, he's he said he was he's been on the the Zen bandwagon since the beginning, and to that I have to say this: you had <laughs> you have been on the Zen bandwagon since the beginning. I will give it's it's on record uh, that you think that. Oh man, we had we had all right. So hold on, hold on. We have one member he said of it our was like because expanded of... group, because of the dynamic air roll, because he has that. You think it it is meta? I don't think it's just that. I think. Yeah, I yeah, don't. I, know. I don't. I'm not good enough to know whether or not that is what makes him hard to predict. And or, you know, he's got to also be super creative, right? But like, right. there's something he's doing different that really sets him apart. Yeah, he's French. There are other French players, and they're not, you know, they're not even in the same class as him. I mean, all right, maybe yeah. same class, but like. Second. Carmine Corp. Top four, right? So they're all there. I didn't see any of them win every single event since picking up a single player. What I'm saying is no, his presence is felt. Well, okay, all the French players are good. We know this. But why is he that much better? Why is he him? I think that that's the thing that French. that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> as Pharaoh. Yeah, because Pharaoh. There you go. Because he's also it's, French. It's board magic. Yeah. No, but uh, huge props to Zen. Huge props to Vitality. A, a great tournament from Redosin. Uh, a fantastic tournament from Alpha in every game except for the twelve minute overtime with only seven hundred points. I mean, come on. Everyone else had over a thousand at least. But uh, a great so tournament. Heavy. Yeah, a great tournament from Vitality, oh. and uh, we can't say enough good things about Zen and and how they performed. But uh, last about Worlds, we have our format, and for the wild card, it will be the bottom sixteen teams that qualified for the the world's wild card in a Swiss format. Uh, that with the eight top teams from that moving into the group stage, and then moving into the group stage, there are two groups of eight. Uh, which will go through a double elimination style bracket with the top eight of those moving into the playoffs and the playoffs are a single elimination playoff bracket. So certainly a shitload of rocket league to look forward to and uh, an interesting tournament uh, organizational style on this one. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about worlds more as, as the time gets closer. But with that, I think now is a good time to reflect on um, the event as a whole, our experiences at the event, 
So Ace, why don't you why don't you get us started? What did you think of the event? What were some of your more memorable moments? And uh, what what else do you want to talk about? Anything else you want to talk about about the major? Um, I mean the major was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I would say if I had to if I start Collins, I'm going to start with the with my negatives first. Um, I still don't understand why the uh, round two games that were all played one by one on a single stream were closed to spectators on Friday. You're talking about that. You're talking about the Friday matches. Yeah. Yeah. Before that. Sure. It's hard to watch two sets of games going on at the same time. And I can understand that, but like, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get more rocket league time. Right. It's gotta be cost, right? It's gotta be, yeah, it's gotta be cost. It's gotta be cost of renting out the event and then paying for the concession people and all the other stuff. Right. For sure. For sure. It's gotta be something related to that. Now, the other negative is Vitality didn't bring anything larger than a small jersey, so I couldn't get on the bandwagon fully because I, <laughs> you know, got a belly drum now, and you know that's disappointing. Um, let's see what else. The food, the place is all right. The beers were as expensive as they needed to be for me to feel that bet uh, fully. Hell yeah. Uh, and then pros. I mean, I just look at the bracket. It was amazing. Rocket League all the way through. And we had time after time after time going to Champions Field. Very close games, very tense games. Um, and some of the best moments of the weekend were stuff like where we had Karma in the booth with us watching that 12-minute game and hearing like her pro perspective of how the game's going is just incredible it's gonna be a memory i'll keep for a long time what about you guys i feel like i've been talking a lot aj what what do you got my favorite part of this event was after the finals when they had the trophy and like the one person had it and they would walk around and lift it up and the whole crowd would cheer. That was so cool. <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> and yeah. then just go to around, go around to like different different corners and different sides of the stage and do it. And like the crowd over there would cheer. It was it was fantastic. I loved it. Oh man, let's see what else. Community, just like seeing the whole community together. Like the old farts had that watch party. It was super fun. Just seeing everybody love Rocket League. Doesn't get better. No, it, it doesn't. And that's always one of my favorite and biggest takeaways from, from any in-person event that, you know, I've been to. And this being the third, right, the Winter Major in Worlds in Dallas. But there's all of the people that are there are there because they love watching and playing Rocket League. So it's cool to be around that many people like-minded people who are interested in that um in addition you know the interview space was a lot better than at uh in san diego because you know that's a convention center and this is an arena and so the like the arena has that stuff built in already so you know getting to do all of the interviews that we got to do meeting all the, the creators and you know pros that we got to meet um ace like you said with with karma coming to talk and hang out with us like there there really is 
like not enough words that I at least I know how to to express to explain to everyone how cool of an event it was, how awesome of an experience it was. Um, getting to meet you know new people that I've I've played Rocket League with um, for a while. You know, getting to see you guys again, getting to do the podcast in person for for the first time with all three of us is is a truly truly special uh feeling and an experience so thank you both for making the trip and uh i i wouldn't have wanted to do it with anybody else it was a blast can't wait to do it again for worlds except at your house yeah well <laughs> but uh with that um yeah no kidding hopefully but uh with that um i'd like to kick off quite a few thank yous and uh, acknowledgements that you know are certainly deserved but and again this is just the the first of many but uh first and foremost a thank you to stephanie and the entire psionics pr team um for to the staff uh the psionic staff the arena staff for putting on an incredible event to the players for allowing us to get our interviews for giving us so many memorable moments and for playing some incredible rocket league to the organizational staff um Thank you for translating for our interviews. Thank you for making the players available to be interviewed. Um, to Adam Baguette and Shift RLE, a pleasure to work alongside you guys again. Amazing to watch you work. To Old Farts Rocket League for being awesome, uh, for working closely together with us uh, as we did our interviews and you know throughout the event. Uh, to MLE and their representatives for their help. Uh, Red with the with the camera work and the interviews it turned out fantastically. Raspberries and Pandy for videos interview questions pictures of uh, of us getting the work in we we really appreciate all that you guys have done uh to the creators that we met that talked with us that took pic that we got to take pictures of you um thank you for taking the time to take to talk to us for us to get those pictures um for interacting with us on twitter uh so shout out to Trihouse, apparently cat tenacity buckeye boxer uh thank you guys so much for that uh, to Project Octane for doing an interview with us, showing us the car and, you know, getting to be in, uh, around your project and seeing the passion that you guys have for that is fantastic. Um, to Karma for talking and hanging out with us, for, you know, watching that Rule 1 match in the booth with us. Um, Any time that you that you take out of your day to, to spend with us is what is time that we greatly appreciate. So thank you. And uh, lastly, to Stax for taking the time to talk with us again, for giving us the incredible picture that we got of you fanning out our stickers, uh, for you know showing your students our podcast, for you know all of the things that you do for the Rocket League scene. Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, thank you to everyone that we didn't mention. I'm sorry if I if I forgot anybody, but we cannot thank you guys enough for um, all of the things that we've gotten to do because of you. And that that's the biggest thank you that we can give is uh, thank you for listening. Did I miss anything? Uh, choose boost over ball. <laughs> um, I was gonna. <laughs> I, I'll. I'll. I'll just go right into the wrap up then. Uh, thank you guys so wanna, so I much. I want to throw in Pandy, Pandy, and Raspberries too. They helped out a lot with the the video stuff. Yes, they did, and uh, so thank you guys for that. Um, but with that, thank you so much for listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, join our Discord, rate us wherever you listen to podcasts, as it really helps us out. Um, check out our new YouTube channel with videos coming soon. Our Twitch channel with streams should be starting up soon. And our TikTok. Our first uh, TikTok video was just posted last night, uh, courtesy of Sasuke. Um, he did some great edit works with some of the pictures that we got, and I think everyone should go check it out. All of these links and more can be found on our website at www.boostoverball.com. And from everyone on the show, as always, remember to choose Boost Over Ball.
Thank you for listening to the Boost Overball podcast. Make sure to check out our website, www.boostoverball.com, and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts.